0: Good morning everyone. Today we're continuing our current series on what truly matters. This series feels very fitting at this time where the things in everyday life that we've come to rely upon have been shaken and in many instances even taken away. It's times like these where the, re- where the illusion that we can often fall into of our lives being under our control is removed and taken away. Sometimes it can take the biggest storms to really test the foundations of a building or a root system or of a tree. And in many ways, that's what's going on for us at this time. Though this is a global pandemic with COVID-19, these storms can come in many ways and at many times unexpectedly really in life. Yet it's often by going through the storm as well, by leaning into God and trusting him that causes us to come out stronger on the other side. Take, for example, planting a tree. You want to stake it well enough so that it doesn't blow over whilst it's not put down deep roots for anchorage. But at the same time, if you stake it too tightly, then it can't move at all in the wind. The root system will never then develop to anchor the tree as it will need to. And as soon as you take the stakes away or the tree gets too tall, um, it will blow over because it needs resistance in order to put down a strong root system. Last week, Sam started uh, this new series that we're looking at, What Truly Matters, by looking at trust, being something that is key in life. Today, we're going to be building upon that foundation that Sam laid last week and looking at courage. What does it mean to be someone of courage? Today, we're going to look at a passage from Judges 6, focusing on the call of Gideon, as I feel God wants to speak to us through this, into several different areas of our lives. But before before we start, I just want to pray for us. So, God, I thank you that you are here with us now. I just pray that as we look at your words, your spirit will be moving upon us, will be speaking to us, will be opening our eyes and our hearts to what you want to be, be saying to us, Lord, that that actually we may respond in faith and in obedience, that we may be ever more changed, to be more like you for your glory and namesake. Amen right so let's what we're going to do is we're going to pick up the passage from judges 6 verse 11 so the israelites um had basically have been doing evil in the eyes of the lord again found under severe oppression from the midianites who were plundering the land not sparing a living thing for israel leaving the people starving and the land ravaged so let's pick up our bibles and we're going to turn to judges 6 verse 11 to 18 now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which blunted Joash the Abiezri, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valour. And Gideon said to him, Please sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our father recounted to us? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. There's something quite puzzling when you read this passage of scripture. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valour. And it's almost as if Gideon does a double take. Are Are you talking to little old me? You see, Gideon sees disparity between the reality of what God sees and what he sees. God says I am with you and Gideon says where God says you are a mighty man of valor and Gideon says not I (laughs) it's funny like this is quite puzzling isn't it and but I think as we unpack it together we'll find it brings faith and encouragement to us at this time so there are two main points I want us to look at from the call of Gideon first one will be if God is really with us why are these bad things happening? And the second is specifically honing in on courage. So point one, if God is really with us, why are all these bad things happening? Firstly, Gideon questions God on if he's really with him and the people of Israel. Why are these bad things happening? Why are they under the oppression of the Midianites? Where is the God of mighty, wonderful deeds who led them out of captivity out of Egypt? This is a question many of us will be asking now. God, if you're with us, why is this happening? Some of us will be in financial difficulties. Some will be struggling to get hold of the everyday things that normally we don't even have to think about. Some of us will be struggling with being in lockdown, feeling alone and isolated. Or feeling cramped in a household, locked down with others. Some of us may have family who are ill ill or be in the high risk category, the list could go on. Why, oh why, is a God who is with us allowing these things to happen? This is where we need to be a people who are confident in who God is, and a people who are listening to his voice. Psalm 23 is very helpful here. The Lord is our shepherd and he is with us. If we turn to verse 4, it says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If God is our shepherd, if we have put our trust in Him as our Lord and Saviour, and recognize Him as the way, the truth, and the life, He promises to be with us. What a comfort! The shepherd not only leads his sheep, but he fights for them. He protects them. We see here that, yes, we will go through hardships. We can't deny that. We will go through dark places and dark times. But we don't need to fear evil, for he is with us. God is with us this day. He is our shepherd. Do not despair, but look to him. Behold him, worship him, as he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Also note, because God is with us, we no longer have to live under fear. God promises to be with us. This brings us courage. We no longer need to be enslaved to fear. Joshua 1 verse 9 is also helpful here. It says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The same God who promised to be with Joshua wherever he went has promised to be with his sheep wherever they go. Therefore, we can live from a place of courage and not a place of fear as God is with us. The onset of things can lead us to fear such as difficulty, pain, suffering and and many other reasons. We, we don't always know the reason why, but God is always wanting to use the difficulty in a way to bring us closer to him, in a way that strengthens us, emboldens us and glorifies his name. He will always give us the grace and mercy that we need for any situation. Our God is good. He is loving. He takes the initiative that even when we were still dead in our sins, he sent his one and only son to die for us, that we might have true life in him. We see in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You see, we have a hope. We're living in a world that has been submitted to pain, suffering, futility due to sin. The whole of creation itself is groaning, longing for the day of redemption. Yet our hope is set on eternity, where we will, where there will be no pain or suffering, but deep joy in the glories of God. So we need to be wise and we need to be sober, recognising that though we have a firm hope in Christ, there is still going to be pain. And suffering in the dark world around us. For we might not understand the reasons behind our current situation, there are two things that we were helpfully reminded of last Sunday. The first was by Caroline Austin. She reminded us, as she was leading us in a time of prayer during the worship, that let God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. She brought us to the Lord's Prayer. Let God's name be glorified. As As we look at this prayer, Let's let's use it as a structure in this time, in this season, as we're looking for God's kingdom to come in these dark times, for his light to shine bright. As we saw just a few weeks ago, light always, always, always overpowers darkness. And one of the key ways God has given us to see his light coming is by praying. And the Lord's prayer is a wonderful gift from him in showing us how to pray. Carrie Rule also shared a word with us that God has put on her heart for us. But now the business of life has been stripped away. We need to be praying and seeking God for what he has to say. While in the past we have all had good intentions, has God really been the centre of our lives? These a something we need to think about, isn't it? H- have we allowed the business of life to 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 draw us away from God? And though we might sing songs, Saying, God, you are the centre, we give you our all. Do our lives match up with that. So now I want to move on to, to my point number two, which is looking at courage. So secondly, Gideon questions God's view of him. You're calling me a mighty man of valour? I'm here beating out wheat in a winepress out of fear. A winepress is a pit carved into rock where grapes are trodden. So it's not an exposed site, but it's hidden. Whereas wheat is usually fresh or beat on open threshing floors where the wind can carry the chaff away. So Gideon beating out wheat in a wine press shows for day to day fear that Israel were living in. Gideon continues, I'm the lowest of the low. How can I be a mighty man of valour that brings about salvation to your people? What does God mean by the phrase a mighty man of valour? I think it means to be a man of great strength and courage in the face of trouble. i say that again. I think it means to be a man of great strength and courage in the face of trouble. Maybe you feel like Gideon. You can't identify with being courageous at all. Maybe you would say fear, worry, anxiety are words you are more readily able to identify with. I spent a lot of time this week thinking about what does the Bible teach about fear and anxiety? You see, I don't think we can look at being courageous without understanding fear and anxiety and how they fit together. So let's define these three things. So fear, I think is a, is a dread of the worst. It's an overwhelming issue, like a cloud encompassing us. Anxiety, I would say, is a, a feeling of uncertainty. But it's something that seeps in bit by bit, whereas fear is this sudden, overwhelming thing. Anxiety is something that that bubbles up, that seeps in and grows over time. But it could be called the first fruits of fear because it, it leads to the same place. And courage is the ability to do something that frightens us in spite of what is necessarily in front of us. Say that last one again. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens us in spite of what is necessarily in front of us. A way that I found helpful to think about fear and anxiety in relation to our Christian lives um, is to be thinking about uh, how we see temptations. We know that we will face temptations, but we also know that to be tempted itself isn't a sin. But it's what we do with the temptation that matters. Do we deal with it? And get and put it to one side, and and not not give in to the temptation, or do we allow it to cause us to sin? Fears and anxieties they will come, but how do we respond to them? Do we allow them to govern us and take control of our thoughts and actions, putting them on the throne of our lives to control us? Or do we, in spite of those fears or anxieties, place our hope in Jesus, having him on the throne of our lives, casting our fears and anxieties onto him because he cares for us? This tweet was pointed out to me earlier in the week and I think it's quite helpful. It's by um, Eugene Cho and I'm just gonna read it. It says, as Christians, we're often told to not be afraid. That fear is incompatible to our faith, but we need deeper reflection courage is not the absence of fear courage is when our imperfect faith shakes and yet still engages fear this is the honest real spirituality we need today i'll read that one more time it says as christians we're often told to not be afraid that fear is incompatible to our faith but we need deeper reflection courage is not the absence of fear Courage is when our imperfect faith shakes and yet still engages fear. This is the honest, real spirituality we need today. I found that tweet to be quite useful. But still, how do we muster the courage to step over our fears and not allow them to govern us? We've already seen courage comes part from knowing God is with us. So it comes partly from knowing God is with us. That's something that gives us courage and helps us to not fear evil, as we saw in Psalm 23. But I want to pick up as well on something else that Scripture says. Uh, If we turn to Psalm 31, verse 24, it says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all who hope in the Lord. Then 2 Corinthians 3, verse 12, says this Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So we can be courageous because of our hope fixed on Jesus. Where is your hope? Where do you find security in your life? This is an important time to ask this question. As normality has been shaken, are there things that have been shaken that actually causing us to realise our, our hope was there, our hope was in the wrong thing? Maybe it was in family, work, money, health, relationships. You see, it's very easy for all these different things to encroach on our hearts and suddenly we find that they they become ultimate things that we are living for. They become things that are competing for us to put our hope in. And if this is the case, Fear of losing these things will have a big hold over us. Think of Gideon. He's in danger of losing all he holds dear. So he's hiding away in fear. Yet God in his mercy and grace appears to him and calls out the greatness he has put in him of who he has made him to be. But says you can only fulfill it with your life rightly centered around me and in me being with you and being your strength. There is only one unshakable place where we can place our hope, and that is in Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean an easy life, but it changes our perception of life as we have a confidence in him who works all things out for the good of those who love him. We have a confidence in him who takes the initiative to start rescuing us before we even repent because of his great love for us. So when fears start to rise, we don't just roll over and give them precedence in our life. But we look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanks given, we let our requests be made known to God and his peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This doesn't mean we will never worry, fear, fret, or be anxious. If you track the life of the disciple Peter in the New Testament, you see again and again he goes from moments of great faith to fear. there is a process that we enter into of being changed from glory to glory becoming even more christ-like where more and more areas of wrong placed hope are dealt with this isn't just automatic though we need to engage with god in the storms of life be looking to him for what he is wanting to do and be yielding to him after all we are called to pick up our cross and follow him That can't mean a life of mediocrity, but a life laid down saying, I'm yours, have your way. I feel it's right to take a moment to come back to what we said earlier about listening to God here. Is God wanting to use the shaking of normality in our lives, the lockdown of life, to speak to us, to highlight things that he wants to do in us, to change us and to release us from things? Again and again, God seems to draw us back to the account from the Gospel of Mary and Martha in the Gospel, where Mary sits at Jesus' feet whilst Martha, whilst Martha is busy serving. Let's turn there now to Luke 10, 38-42. It says, Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary There are two things that have really stood out to me in this passage and that I just feel God wants to rehighlight. So Martha is distracted by busy in herself. Not all of us, but many have breaks from or have had a break from the normal pace of life in this time. Many of the normal distractions have been taken away. Maybe God is saying, choose the one thing necessary. Sit at my feet. Listen to me and learn from me. This is your good portion. Also, Martha was anxious and troubled by many things. But once again, only one thing is necessary. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him and learning from him. It's as if Jesus is saying, Martha, stop being distracted choose the one thing that truly matters the one thing necessary and that's where you will find peace and your anxieties and worries will stop governing you maybe god is taking away the distractions from us calling us to choose the one thing necessary to keep going deeper in him which ties in well with carrie's word doesn't it from last week i encourage all of us find time to sit at Jesus' feet and listen hear what he has to say to us individually but also as a as a whole i think we might be surprised at what he has to say so we found as our hope is fixed on jesus and we know he is with us these things bring us courage so when fear and anxieties come we overcome them by looking to jesus casting them onto him casting our fears and our worries onto him thus enabling us to step out into all he is calling us to, for the glory of his name. I just want to end by praying for us. God, as we make time to sit at your feet and listen, give us ears to hear what you are saying and hearts to obey. Let us not only pray, let your kingdom come, but let us actually be those that you use to bring about your kingdom. Help us to be people that now distractions of life are being pulled away from us. Help us to be people that find the time, that stop being distracted to do the one thing necessary, which is have you at the centre of our lives. Make this a foundational thing in all of us, we ask and pray. Amen.